Here are some thought-provoking questions every woman should ask herself about confidence. Do I believe in my abilities? Am I comfortable taking risks? How do I handle criticism and failure? Do I advocate for myself effectively? And lastly, am I willing to learn and adapt? We must all do some soul searching and consider where we might be shortchanging ourselves. Not doing so can have some real negative impacts. Hello, and welcome to Unscripted Pivots. How are all of my WTF friends doing out there? I'm your host, Danielle Sproles, and today we're going to dive deep into a topic that is the backbone of every successful pivot. Let's talk about confidence. This marks the last of my four-part solo series talking about the four powerful C-words. We've talked about courage, curiosity, connection, and now let's chat confidence. This topic holds special significance for career women, and we're going to explore how we can develop and maintain it. So, exactly what is confidence? Well, one definition is, confidence is the belief in our ability to succeed, to meet life's challenges, and to make a positive impact. There are different types of confidence that one can possess, such as self-confidence, social confidence, and professional confidence. Each plays a crucial role in different aspects of our lives. But why is confidence so vital, especially for career women? Confidence is a critical factor in achieving success in any profession. For career women, specific circumstances can particularly affect their confidence, depending upon various factors such as cultural norms, societal expectations, organizational structures, and individual personality traits. Sure, some women are just naturally more confident, but that doesn't excuse any of us from nurturing our own. Let's explore seven typical scenarios where confidence challenges may arise. But it's essential to note that these situations can apply to anyone, regardless of gender. First off, starting a new career, which by the way, can happen at any age. This is not just about the younger generation starting out. Women who are just beginning their careers might face confidence challenges as they navigate new environments and job roles. This phase involves significant learning and adapting, which can induce self-doubt and imposter syndrome. Two, number two, returning from maternity leave. Coming back to work after a period of absence, such as maternity leave, can present confidence challenges. Adjusting to the changing professional environment while also balancing newfound family responsibilities can lead to uncertainty and self-doubt. I personally experienced this plight. I became a new mother at the start of my legal career. I was only 26 when I had my first son, Ryan. I barely had any foothold on what I was doing as a new associate at my law firm. Our specialty was insurance defense litigation, and a trial practice requires a lot of experience and a lot of confidence. I didn't have much of either at the time, and I found returning to work to be quite challenging. Learning about diapers and depositions at the same time made my head spin. I was certainly smart enough to tackle both, but the personal and professional newness of my situation often left me questioning if I was doing a good job at home and at the office. 
You know, hey, this was in the early 90s. I didn't have a female role model at the law firm, and I know that contributed to why I eventually took a hiatus from my career as a lawyer. Today, women are well represented in law firms, and the numbers continue to climb. This leads me to number three. Confidence issues often arise for women working in male-dominated industries. In industries such as tech, engineering, finance, and others, women are often underrepresented. Gender biases, stereotypes, and lack of role models for them can impact a woman's self-assuredness. Hey, let's talk about number four. Let's talk about negotiations. Hmm. Whether it's for salaries, promotions, or project roles, negotiation is an area where women are often feeling less confident. This could be due to societal conditioning that discourages assertiveness in women or fear of being perceived as pushy or demanding. When men exhibit confidence in negotiations, it's often seen as expected, and it is associated with authority and competence. Our society traditionally actually values assertiveness and decisiveness in men, but the same is not necessarily true for women. Next up, and this one is a biggie for me, number five, presentations and public speaking. Despite being competent and knowledgeable, many women often lack confidence in presenting ideas or speaking publicly. This is often due to a fear of judgment or criticism. One of the biggest reasons I recently decided to get certified in executive coaching with a focus on women is because of my experience around this very issue. So many competent women shrink when they have the spotlight on them. We all have been there, but do we need to stay there? I say hell to the no. Nothing tickles me more than when I see a woman take the stage at conferences or boardrooms with a confident stride. It makes my heart sing. I am celebrating her spirit and representation for us all. I know that she didn't get there overnight, and I know that she has butterflies in her stomach, but she is doing it anyway. She is showing up. She is embracing her hard work and leading with power, but also vulnerability. She is choosing to be heard and seen. Don't you just love when that happens? And you have to embrace a bit of the spotlight if you're going to climb the ladder. One of my earlier guests, Shannon Alter from episode eight, has dedicated her career to educating others how to be more influential and embrace public speaking. Her company, Leaders Exceed, can be very helpful to you. Please revisit that episode to learn more. Okay, this brings us to number six, leadership roles. Women ascending to leadership roles may face confidence issues due to unconscious biases and the quote-unquote glass cliff phenomenon, which describes how women are more likely to be appointed to leadership roles during times of crisis, setting them up for potential failure. What exactly is the glass cliff? The glass cliff is a concept in business and organizational behavior that refers to the phenomenon where women or individuals from minority groups, are more likely to be appointed to leadership positions during periods of crisis or downturn, when the chances of failure is at its highest. This term is a complement to the more recognized term glass ceiling, which refers to the invisible barriers that prevent marginalized groups from rising to senior leadership positions. While the glass ceiling refers to the unseen barriers towards advancement, 
The glass cliff refers to the precariousness and higher risk of these leadership positions when they are attained. Mm. One often cited example of the glass cliff phenomenon is the appointment of Marissa Mayer as CEO of Yahoo in 2012. Yahoo was in a state of decline and had seen several CEOs come and go in quick succession before Mayer, a highly accomplished executive at Google, was appointed. Despite her efforts, she was unable to reverse the long-term trends, and Yahoo was eventually sold to Verizon in 2017. Another example is Theresa May's tenure as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. After the Brexit vote in 2016, David Cameron resigned, and Theresa May, his successor, was left to negotiate the complex and contentious process of leaving the European Union. She faced numerous challenges during her time as prime minister, and her inability to deliver a Brexit deal that satisfied all factions within her party eventually led to her resignation in 2019. In both cases, a woman was appointed to a top position during a period of crisis. While it's challenging to prove direct causality, these examples illustrate the type of circumstances often associated with the glass cliff phenomenon. Lastly, let's talk about our new working world, especially since COVID. Number seven, remote work and digital transformation. With the increasing shift to remote work, the use of new technologies and digital tools can pose a challenge for women who aren't familiar with them. This lack of familiarity can impact their confidence in performing their tasks. Now, some or all of these may sound familiar to you. You have either personally struggled in these areas or know someone who has. All these scenarios pose an experience that perhaps justify a real challenge to our confidence, but let's also consider something about confidence that doesn't always come to mind that is quite compelling. Marianne Williamson famously said, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Whoa. Let me say that again more slowly. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Marianne Williamson is an American author, spiritual leader, and activist. Her quote here emphasizes that owning our own power and acknowledging our abilities can be more daunting than being afraid of failure. From a woman's perspective, I find this quote especially profound. Historically, women have often been discouraged from showing their full strength and power, whether it be intellectual, emotional, or otherwise. Society has frequently placed boundaries and expectations that limit the acknowledgement and expression of a woman's full potential. This can create a culture that can encourage self-doubt and feelings of inadequacy. However, as Williamson suggests, our deepest fear is not our inadequacy, but of our power. But ask yourself, why is that? Well, this power can be intimidating because acknowledging it means acknowledging our potential to affect change and influence the world around us. Accepting our power often implies responsibility to use it, and the potential for change can be both inspiring and terrifying. And we have all been there, have we not? One thing that commonly throws us off is knowing that embodying this power can lead to resistance and backlash, right? Fear of standing out, 
fear of criticism, or even fear of making others uncomfortable can all contribute to the reluctance to embrace one's own power. The fear may also stem from within, as recognizing our power means challenging our self-conceptions and pushing beyond the comfort zones we've already established. You know, though, in spite of this fear, embracing our power is crucial. Owning our power can lead to significant personal growth, and it opens up opportunities to lead. And lead we do in so many capacities. Women often juggle multiple roles in their lives, and maintaining confidence can feel like walking on a tightrope. However, it's through developing the other three C's I addressed in my earlier solo episodes, namely courage, curiosity, and connection, that we can strike a balance and gain confidence. Remember what we learned. Courage allows us to step out of our comfort zone and face our fears. Curiosity helps us learn, grow, and welcome new experiences. And connection? Well, that's about building relationships and networks that bolster our self-assurance. A few years back, I found myself in a bit of a funk. Not depressed, more of just stuck. Of course, COVID wasn't doing me any favors, nor anyone listening here too, I imagine. I could easily create some healthier habits, you know, better eating, more exercise, self-care through practices such as meditation, you know, more book reading. You know, getting started was not an issue, but staying consistent was for me. At the same time, Audible, you know, that app through Amazon where you can listen to your books. I love that option. Anyway, Audible was reminding me that I had 14 credits not used and some of them were about to expire. So I began to download some books. I am way too cheap to forfeit those credits. For whatever reason, Mel Robbins popped up in Audible. I had credits to spare and was not overly concerned about choosing any bad reads. So I downloaded two of her books, The High Five Habit and The Five Second Rule. And my friends, so began my love affair with Mel Robbins. I hadn't even heard of Mel Robbins before this time, and she's been around for quite a time. You know that saying, the teacher appears when the student is ready. That is the impact that those books had on me. If you don't know of Mel Robbins, I will gladly take credit for introducing her work to you. Mel Robbins is a popular motivational speaker and author, and she has indeed addressed the topics of confidence in women numerous times. She shares her own life struggles and triumphs with great honesty, humor, and complete vulnerability. Mel is a WTF woman, and if I ever do meet her in person, I will let her know. Anyway, Mel believes that confidence is not something people are born with, but something we build through actions. Here are a few of her key points. Okay, the five-second rule. Mel Robbins is famous for her five-second rule, which is a tool for harnessing the power of courage and confidence. The rule is simple. If you have an instinct to act on a goal, you must physically move within five seconds or your brain will kill it. According to Robbins, this rule helps in overcoming self-doubt, uncertainty, and fear, which are all key elements that erode confidence. This tool has been a real game changer for me personally and has all but eliminated my procrastination habit. Let's talk mindset. Mel encourages women to believe in their potential and abilities. She emphasizes that everyone faces self-doubt, but it's crucial not to let that doubt stop you from pursuing your goals. Confidence, in her view, is built by taking action despite fear or self-doubt. She often talks about imposter syndrome. 
Oh, that one I've experienced many times over. And I see it in so many successful women more than I'd like to. Imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern where people doubt their accomplishments and fear being exposed as quote unquote a fraud. Many women struggle with this issue. Mel's advice is to recognize the feeling, understand it's a common experience and continue to take action in spite of it. She believes that taking risks is vital for building confidence. She encourages women to step outside their comfort zones and embrace challenges as opportunities for growth. Lastly, let's consider how we get there. It's simple. Routines and habit building. Mel Robbins suggests that building strong routines and good habits can lead to a steady growth in confidence over time. She believes that every small action counts and consistent actions over time can drastically improve one's confidence. Of course, this is as true for men as it is for women. I want you to consider, here are some thought-provoking questions every woman should ask herself about confidence. Do I believe in my abilities? Am I comfortable taking risks? How do I handle criticism and failure? Do I advocate for myself effectively? And lastly, am I willing to learn and adapt? We must all do some soul searching and consider where we might be shortchanging ourselves. Not doing so can have some real negative impacts. Do you realize what happens to our bodies when we lose confidence? According to medical research, a lack of confidence can lead to stress and anxiety, which in turn can affect our physical and mental well-being. Moreover, confidence and body chemistry are interconnected. When we feel confident, our bodies release endorphins, serotonin, and dopamine, known as the feel-good hormones, which boost our mood and motivation. So how do we as women cultivate our confidence? Start by setting small, achievable goals. Celebrate your successes. Seek feedback and view criticism as an opportunity for growth. Surround yourself with positive influences. And remember, each small step you take builds your confidence muscle. You don't have to look far to see some extraordinary examples of confident women that have paved the way for us. Let's take a real-life example to better illustrate confidence. Well, we all know Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a former U.S. Supreme Court justice. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, often affectionately referred to as RBG, was a U.S. Supreme Court justice who served from 1993 until her death in 2020. She is admired and respected by many women and men for several reasons. RBG was a real trailblazer for women's rights. Before her appointment to the Supreme Court, she co-founded the Women's Rights Project at the American Civil Liberties Union in 1972. Through this initiative, she argued and won multiple cases before the Supreme Court that significantly advanced gender equality. Hers was an historic appointment. Ginsburg was the second woman ever appointed to the U.S. Supreme Court, which was a significant achievement at a time when women's representation in top legal and government positions was minimal. This historic appointment made her a role model for many women aspiring to careers in law and public service. No one will deny that Ginsburg also had a lot of legal influence and impact. During her tenure on the Supreme Court, she was known for her sharp legal mind and powerful dissents. Even when she was in the minority, her clear and cogent opinions brought attention to important issues and influenced public opinion and future legal cases. Ruth was also admired for her personal resilience. 
Did you know that Ginsburg had faced numerous personal challenges, including multiple bouts with cancer during her long career? Her resilience in the face of these trials and her commitment to her work, even during her illnesses, inspired many. She was a feminist icon with her iconic quote-unquote descent collar and her forthright advocacy for gender equality, Ginsburg became a pop culture icon late in her life. She became a symbol of feminism for many women, particularly young women, who admired her tenacity, courage, and conviction. Many people were also inspired by her work-life balance. Ginsburg was also a wife and mother, and she spoke openly about the challenges of balancing her career with her family responsibilities. Her success in managing these multiple roles resonated with many women who faced similar challenges. Despite facing gender discrimination early in her career, she remained steadfast and used her voice to champion women's rights. So what did RBG teach us by example? That leading with confidence not only impacts us, but also sets an example for younger generations. It sends a powerful message that women can excel in their chosen fields, assert their worth, and navigate life's pivots with grace and strength. However, it's important to remember that confidence is not about arrogance or a disregard for others' opinions. Confidence is quiet, grounded, and open-minded, whereas arrogance can be loud, insecure, and close-minded. It's about having faith in your abilities while remaining humble and eager to learn. In the end, each of us has the power to build our confidence, to stand tall amidst challenges, and to inspire others with our journey. As Eleanor Roosevelt once said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Remember, your confidence is in your hands. Thank you for joining me today on Unscripted Pivots. Remember, it's your confidence, your journey, and your pivot. Until next time, stay confident and keep pivoting. Before you go, I really want to thank you for joining me today. I really do appreciate you. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate and review Unscripted Pivots on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps me improve and reach more listeners just like yourself. And remember to subscribe to stay updated on future episodes released every Wednesday morning. I have more great content and stories from WTF women coming your way. Until then...